Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. Hopefully everybody out there is doing great and you had a fantastic new year. I had a pretty good one myself. And that also means that it's coming up on almost my one year anniversary of recording my solo stuff here as Adam Analyzes. And it's really hard to believe that it's been a year now since I started recording these. My first episode, or first two episodes, were actually uploaded on January 30th of 2019. It's hard to believe that almost a year has passed so far, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you the listeners, hopefully you're enjoying all of the content that I've been producing, and I cannot wait to continue doing it again for you. But anyway, I think we should get into the episode here. And for this one, I wanted to talk about a movie that I absolutely love from the 80s. I think it's kind of forgotten about now, which is a shame because it is entertaining and I still think it holds up and is a pretty funny movie. And that movie is 1988's License to Drive. So before we get into the actual discussion on License to Drive, my history with this movie is seeing it played somewhat frequently late night when I was a kid. After the news and after Nightline when I was a kid, if I was still up, which I probably shouldn't have been, but if I was up, they would have their thing called the Million Dollar Movie on ABC. And this Million Dollar Movie would generally be just a lot of older movies that you definitely wouldn't want to consider a Million Dollar Movie or a movie that you would pay a million dollars for. But somehow License to Drive seemed to somewhat frequently show up on the Million Dollar Movie. And that's where I got my first exposure to it. Considering I would wind up falling asleep before the end of it, I would always see some of the same scenes throughout this. But either way, it was a movie I enjoyed then, and I still enjoy it to this very day. It is probably one of the best, I think, as far as the two Corys films. I know you do have other films such as Dream a Little Dream, uh, Lost Boys, and I think this one is probably up there with uh, the Lost Boys as far as pure entertainment value. The general plot of the actual movie is, I guess, as basic as what you could get with something like this. It's definitely not going to, I guess win any awards for any kind of originality and it definitely did not. Corey Haim plays the character of Les who daydreams about getting his license and this is the only thing that's important to him because he really really wants to impress a girl and that's his main driver for wanting this license in general and well he doesn't pass his exam but what should he do? go ahead and take the car out for the night anyway while his parents are asleep. Throughout all this, all kinds of hilarity ensues. He picks up his friends, one of them being the character of Dean, played by Corey Feldman. There's other characters throughout. I specifically like the casting of the parents, uh, specifically the dad character here, and that is Richard Masseur. Uh, For those of you who do not know, he was pretty big in the 80s. He would show up in a lot of different roles. Uh, I know him from the anthology horror film Nightmares. He was in the segment with the giant rat that was living in his family's home. But not only that, there's some other fun casting throughout. Uh, Notably, 
James Avery, who you may know from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And also, this is one of the early roles for Heather Graham, who plays the role of Mercedes. That leads to all kinds of jokes because the car that Les takes out for the night is a Cadillac and, well, Mercedes has too much to drink, so what do they do? They put her in the trunk, which leads to the Corey Feldman joke of, when did you ever think that a Mercedes would fit in the trunk of a Cadillac? Oh man, hilarious. It actually is a funny joke, but if you say it deadpan like that, it's really terrible. But I think one of the best things about this movie is that it really, really reeks of 80s movies. And I say that for one, there's a whole bunch of kids that there's a lot that are younger looking, such as Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. But there's also those kids that, you know, they're in their late 20s or 30s somewhere and they're supposed to be playing high school kids. I think some of the only ones that look accurate to their age would probably be the two Corys here. Other than that, everybody else seems like they would be older and out of high school by now. And for some reason in the 80s, the suburbs were really, really nice. All of the suburban homes are like miniature mansions and they're like some of the nicest homes you'll ever see. And that's one thing that sticks out to me whenever I watch something from the 80s like this. The homes are really great. And then even when Les and Dean go to a house party pretty early in the movie when you see Mercedes have a fight with her boyfriend. It's pretty amazing because it's like this house is completely empty. There's no adults around whatsoever. And that almost never happens, but it seems to always happen in these teen comedies, specifically 80s teen comedies. And it seems like a pretty awesome birthday party that they're having there. And well, I don't know. It's just one of those things that it's never realistic to me. Everything seems awesome. Not just that, the restaurants and stuff are awesome. You have places that would, I guess, be more or less like a Sonic-esque type of restaurant where you have the girls on roller skates bring you out your food and such. And... Well, a lot of that doesn't really exist, and I don't know if it ever existed the way it did. And this is a retro drive-in restaurant type of idea, and I don't know if those really existed in the 80s. But you know what? It seems like it would be an awesome place to be, and I kind of wanted to be in that suburban area with all of these cool things to do. And remember when I said that Les did not get his driver's license? Well, he's driving around this entire time illegally. And there is a, I guess, DUI checkpoint at one point in the movie. And, well, a drunk guy winds up stealing the Cadillac. And it's a pretty amazing scene. It's an absolute tragedy with what actually happens to the car. But there's some pretty good, I guess drunken jokes throughout this too that are pretty funny during the sequence and as i stated earlier this really isn't a bad movie it's just one of your standard 80s teen and preteen types of comedies and it's not even that raunchy you could even go and i guess watch it with uh, the family there's really only one off-color joke but for an 80s teen comedy this is actually pretty clean and 
I think it works. I mean, it didn't have to be vulgar, and it's definitely not. In doing a little bit of research for this movie, though, it was directed by a guy by the name of Greg Beeman, and I've never heard of him, and I didn't think I've ever seen one of his films. It seems like he really made a name for himself in directing a lot of TV nowadays, and he still appears to be active as far as his direction. He did direct, for example, I guess he directed some of the episodes of Swamp Thing on the DC Universe, which I have not gotten a chance to check out, but I really want to check it out because I do like Swamp Thing. But one of his other films, which is sort of a forgotten film, Mom and Dad Saved the World. I remember going to see that when I was a kid, and I remember it being a bad movie back then, and I could imagine it's still a bad movie to this very day. I don't know, maybe someday I will go and watch it. I did see that it appears on HBO every once in a while, so I may go back and rewatch that. I don't think I'm going to do an Adam Analyzes on it, though. But back to the actual movie, yeah, Greg Beeman, his direction, it's nothing super flashy or anything like that. It's very stock. You're not going to watch this and expect any kind of super wonderful artistic scenes or anything like that. No, this is a simple teen comedy, and that's all it really needs to be. I mean, basically what it comes down to is just sit down for an hour and a half and enjoy it. And that's all you really need to do. But I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you want to send me an email, you can send me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And check out adamanalyzes.com. You can catch up on some past episodes or listen to the most current one. And one last thing before you go, uh, if you would go and leave me a review at the podcast listening platform of your choice, I would definitely appreciate that. It'll allow me to keep continuing to make content for you guys. And hopefully it'll allow me to expand my show to more listeners. Because as you know, we definitely love those digital hugs. So seriously, hopefully you guys did have a great happy new year and you are looking forward to whatever 2020 brings to you, good or bad, and know that it makes you into the person that you are today and in the future. With that being said, good night and happy new year.